0: I'm going to speak this morning on the fear of rejection. I'm going to do something a little bit different. The fear of rejection. You know, the Bible says we're supposed to be conformed to the image of his Son. And if anybody was ever rejected, it was Christ, wasn't it? The Bible states this in Matthew 21, 42. Jesus saith unto them, did you never read in the Scriptures... The stone which the builders rejected, Christ is the stone, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Uh, he's the stumbling block. He's the stone that the people of Israel rejected. He states in Mark 8:31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things be rejected of the elders. Now, there you go. He's rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. But the religious sect of the Israelites, which controlled quite a bit in Israel, uh, they uh, did not like Christ and they rejected Christ. And then it states in Luke 17, 25, But first must he suffer many things and be, what, rejected of this generation. If anybody was ever rejected, it was Christ. And so Christ was a rejected individual person. And so when we're rejected, we're not alone. Now there's the fear of failure and there's the fear of rejection. And they're not the same, by the way. The fear of failure focuses on your performance, what you do. The fear of rejection focuses on the person, who we are. And uh, so there's a difference. An example of that would be, I've said one time that uh, they left my mic on when we were singing the invitation. And uh, the people in the nursery heard me singing, and that's an illustration of failure right there, (laughs) but thank God they didn't reject me as a person, (laughs) okay? So they are different, and uh, sometimes we struggle at some point in our life about the fear of rejection. I remember when I was just a young student at Tennessee Temple, and uh, we had homiletics class, and that's where they teach you uh, how to prepare sermons and things like that. And as you can see, I didn't learn very much, but uh, I, you'd have to get up in front of the class. And then all the class, all the fellows would have uh, uh, papers, and they would grade you. And uh, coming from where I had been, never a pub, in public and speaking and All this stuff, I was scared half to death. And uh, I was fear of rejection. And so we all face that sometime in our life. And then as we grow older, we moved into the position of becoming approval addicts. (laughs) We want everybody to approve us. Where the main question becomes, what do other people think of me? And we get in that little... Race, don't we, sometimes. Proverbs 29 says this here. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The word snare there is a dangerous trap. It's a trap. And the fear of rejection causes us to do some things. It causes us to... Conform our lifestyle, our values to other opinions, doesn't it? To not be rejected, we often are chameleons. We just kind of go along with the flow. Uh, We try to be involved in our cars, uh, our clothes, our lifestyle, our homes, our values. And we determine if they're any good by the way others say you should be doing. And because we don't want to be rejected, we become who they are instead of being who we are at times. And then these traps, they keep us from speaking the truth at times. Sometimes we'll just lie or we'll distort the truth in order to, be not, in order to not be rejected by others. Because we have been rejected, we begin to build walls around ourselves to protect ourselves instead of bridges that leads toward other people. And because we've got these barriers up and these walls up, it keeps people at a distance from us and they can't get close to us. And then sometimes we, we, it moves us just to unhappiness. We're just unhappy. And that's the bottom line with some people. Uh, they're in a state of sadness. It's a constant pressure to please other people. And let me say, if you're in that, that's a miserable way to live your life. Is by the opinions and values of others rather than your own. And often it leads, because you're unhappy, to a critical spirit. At least being critical, you can reject somebody else before they reject you. <laughs> and then it's a trap because... It causes us not to share Christ at times. You know, we're afraid that we'll be rejected. Uh, You know, uh, what will their response be? Uh, They won't like me. I'll be embarrassed. So as a result, the fear of rejection keeps me from saying, hey, where do you go to church? Hey, do you know Christ? And so on. Sometimes it's a trap that keeps us from spiritual maturity. Because when you're in fear of rejection, your main focus is on other people and on yourself and not on God. And when your focus is not on God, you will be limited in your faith, in your vision, in your growth. The focus has to be Him. Amen? So the fear of rejection, myself... Uh, When people leave the church uh, as a pastor, you know, you go through a number of things. You go through, well, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Did I cross them some way or did I fail them in some way? You know, and you go through all of this. Uh, What's wrong with me? (laughs) Uh, You know, why did he reject me? And that's in your thinking. And you know, we've been knocked down so often that sometimes we don't even want to get back up, do we? And for sure, we don't want to get back up and make ourselves vulnerable again in order to be rejected again. And those things are real in our life. So the question is, what can we do about this fear of rejection? Three little simple things. Number one, face the fact that some people will let you down. (laughs) You just need to face that fact. Go to the bottom line. What's the worst can happen? They can reject you. Okay, that's worse. Now back up. And so just people will let you down. Too often we're shaped by their word or we are terrified about what they might say or might do to us. Isaiah 51, 7 and 8 says this here. Hearken unto me, ye... "...that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, (laughs) and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation." And what he's saying to us, don't worry about what they're saying or rejecting you. You know what they're going to do? They're going to die with those opinions. huh? But you have me. You can trust me. And the truth is, we can be affected by rejection, but we don't have to be directed by rejection. We don't have to be too controlled by our rejection or consumed with their thoughts and their opinions. That's when we get in trouble. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.6. But of these uh, who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person, for they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. And Paul was saying, and he's saying it of some great people, I'm not going to live by trying to please people regardless of who or what they are. I'm gonna live in my relationship with God according to the truth. People are human and they're not God. And there will be times they do reject us and they will let us down. But we're not to put our faith In some people, because as soon as we do, they gone it, they let you down, don't they? And it happens to all of us. The truth is people will not love you as much as you need loved. Remember, a human love is conditional, it's inconsistent. And you will set yourself, if you're dependent upon that, you will set yourself up for rejection and hurt. When I speak, my goal is not to please you. Amen? It's not to please you, but to challenge you and to please God. There's always those who have the spiritual gift of criticism. We come across them quite often. And when I speak, I know there will be those who will not like what I say at times. And you always have those individual people, and assuredly uh, they always let me know. Amen? Now, if I were in this for their approval, not to be rejected, then I could not always tell them the truth because I don't want to be rejected. So it makes you hesitant. The fact is, we focus on the wrong fear. We fear people whose opinions are temporary and not God whose truth is eternal. Matthew ten twenty eight says this here, "'And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather feel, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who can do that? God. That's who we should fear. Hebrews 13:6 says this here. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We need to stop fearing others, whether it's a boyfriend, a boss, friends, your spouse, pressure, family members, other brethren, and we need to stop fearing them and start fearing God. So number one, face the fact some people will let you down. Number two, focus on how God sees you. Focus on, on how God sees you. If we can get this, it's really a liberating truth because it really doesn't matter what other people think. You want to please people. You want to be nice to people. I understand that. But my value is not based upon what they think of me. It's what God thinks of me. Amen? In God's view of us, those who have put their faith in the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You've truly been saved by faith alone. We were accepted. We're accepted unconditionally. Accepted means highly favored. That's what God thinks about us. We're valuable. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Your soul is more, more value than whatever you can obtain in this world because it's eternal. And those things pass away. So we're valuable. We're lovable. Every day, all the day, all the time. Some people think, they think that just because they're going through some trouble that God must be ticked at them. (laughs) That God's punishing them. (laughs) Well, let me just say, God always sees us through who we are in his son. And we are capable. Regardless of what people say of us and reject, we're capable. We have to stop listening to the old tape of our past. Others' reaction and God's reaction. Others say, you don't matter. God says you do. Others say, you're a loser. God says, no, you're not. Others say, you'll never amount to anything. God says, you have and you will. Others say you're not significant. God says you are because you're mine. Amen? And we need to look at that way. It states in 1 Samuel 16, 7. You know it well. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on the countenance or on his height uh, of his stature, but because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the what? The heart. That is good news. You know Jesus didn't care about a person's looks, about appearances. He went straight to their heart. And there is a difference between man and God. Other people look at us. They look at our appearance our clothes, our styles, our abilities, our homes, our cars, our bank accounts, our salaries, our positions, our failures, our weaknesses. But God looks at our heart. Amen? Thank God he looks at our heart. I've been rejected many times in my life. And in the past years, I've been criticized. I've been talked about, I've been slandered, I've been put down. I've heard he's a heretic. I've heard he's left the faith. I hear he's too radical. I hear he's way out there now, you need to reject him. But if they could see my heart, there's a man who has a heart, a passion to place us in an understanding of rightly dividing So, we can be in a position where we can honor God. And that's just a fact, Jack. Amen? So, at times we've all been hurt. And if I live by what people say and their opinions, I'm going to live in the fear of rejection. But the good news is, God knows your heart, and He knows your motive. And God has a different way of evaluating us than how people will evaluate us. I like the movie Cinderella. I'm sorry. I like John Wick, but I like Cinderella too. (laughs) Boy, how can you go to such opposites? (laughs) I like the movie when there's only one person standing and the room's full of blood. I like that But I like a twinkle touch with Cinderella. And it was awful the way Cinderella was treated. Her wicked steps, sisters and stepmother, they only saw her as silly, stupid, in the way, to be used, no family, no blood, ugly, unkempt. That's the way they looked at her. But the prince, he saw something in Cinderella the others didn't see. He saw her beauty, of course, but he saw her heart of kindness and graciousness and servanthood that it caused him to love her. Thank God that God looks at our heart. Amen? And you might feel like a stepchild at times and not loved because you've been rejected. But God is a loving God, and he stoops down and he puts a grace slipper on you. And he tells you he knows you. He knows your heart. And what he sees is his unique creation, and he just calls upon you to trust him. Ephesians 1, 6 says this here, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted... In the beloved. The reason I'm accepted is because when I got saved, I was placed in Christ, the beloved. That's why he accepts us. That's why he always accepts us. is because we're in his son. So, number one, face the fact that some people will let you down. It's going to happen. Two, focus on how God sees you. And lastly, number three, when rejected, fall back on God's unconditional love. You know, rejection is like quicksand. There's no bottom to it. There's no end to it, it seems like. You're not going anywhere if you live by other people's opinions and so on. You're going to be rejected. Psalm 40, verse 1 says this here. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Amen. He states in Ephesians 3:16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And then verse 19 And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You can't measure the love of God. You can't outthink the love of God. His knowledge is beyond any of that. 1 John 4.10 says this, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation or satisfied sacrifice for our sins. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. We don't have to fear rejection if we just accept his love for us. Because fear hath torment. And boy, isn't that true? He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. What I'm saying there is fall back on God's unconditional love. It's not because of what we do. It's because of who we are. We're one of his if we've been saved. Have you ever fallen back on the love of God, by the way? Ever like the prodigal son who came before God and fell down and said, God, I've sinned, I've blown it, but God, I've come to my senses. I know the difference now. And God, I'm coming home. Have you ever done that? Or have you ever been like the Apostle Paul, who when he went to his defense, all those people he had touched, not one of them there. No man stood with me, he said. Nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. Amen? That's his love. He'll always be there for you. Myself, I've fallen on that love before in times of sin and failure. Everybody fails. I don't care who you are. And thank God that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I've fallen back on his love in times of standing up for him. When it's not popular, when it's not easy, the love of Christ constraineth us. I've fallen up on his love in times of trials and difficulties. When it looks like everything you love, you're losing, but then you realize there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I've fallen up on that love in times of human rejections. I've always had two things that I know about love. I know... I have Carol's love. And when people are going at you and criticizing you and all over you and rejecting you, I'm grateful I can go home and have somebody I know that loves me. But even greater than that is the love of God that's always there ready for you. And so he just says, today, fall back on his love. God wants you to know his love is unconditional. So in a sense, we can relax and not be so fearful of what other people are saying about us in their rejection of us. God knows everything. Hebrews 4.13 says this here, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There's nothing that God doesn't know about you. Everything's unveiled to the eyes of Almighty God. He sees our failings, our insecurities, our inadequacies, and the amazing thing is He still loves us because it's unconditional. So I have a decision to make. I can make a decision. I can live uh, in this trap life of being controlled by other people's opinions of me, having to live by their values rather than God's. I can do that, but I'm gonna be miserable or I can just fall back on God's unconditional love. And isn't it true? He's the only one that matters anyway. Amen? Even though you're rejected by different types of people, you're never rejected by God, and he's the one who matters. There was a young preacher, and he was having difficulties. He was getting afraid. He thought people might not listen to him because he might be a little young in their thinking. And it was causing him to back up from teaching and preaching the grace message. He was beginning to tremble some. He was fearful of the rejection of other people. And Paul had to write to him. And he said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, Timothy, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Timothy, that fear doesn't come from God. That comes from the devil himself. That comes from people he uses. I've given you power and love and a sound mind. That's what you need to focus on, Timothy. And in our life, that's what we need to do. There's no reason we need to fear other people, or fear, rejection. It states this in Ephesians 6, 19. And for me, Paul says, pray for me, that for me, that utterance may given be given unto me, that I may open my mouth, what? Boldly. What to do? To make known the... Mystery of the gospel. Why is the gospel a mystery? They preached the gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and early Acts because God gave a new gospel. The mystery gospel of grace that we have today. Isn't that true? He said, God, He said, you people pray for me that I won't hesitate. That I won't back off. That I won't be fearful of being rejected. But I'll be bold. Regardless of what people say, that I will be bold. And then he says in verse 20, he says this, and I close. Did I give that to you? Yeah. For which I am an ambassador in bonds. He's about to have his head chopped off, people that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And by the way, do you pray for me that I will speak boldly as I ought to speak? I wished you would. Always to be kind, let your speech be seasoned with salt, with grace, and so on. But boldly, never ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and never ashamed of rightly dividing. Never ashamed of the mystery program that is for us today. I don't want to start tightening up like Timothy was doing. I believe he came out of that. But all of us hesitate at times. Is, is the cost worth it? Uh-huh. What will my family say? Will I be rejected of my family? Will I be rejected by my friends? Because I hold this truth. The fear of rejection. And we have to come down and boil down if you, I believe with all my heart, if you want to go forward for God, you have to to stand up and say, God, that I might boldly preach the mystery gospel. Amen? Don't ever be ashamed of it. Be prideful of it in a good way, proud of it, excited about it. Can't wait to share it with people. What a truth we have. Father, we love you. Thank you for our journey. Thank you for putting up with us at times because of fear, because of rejection and all these things. We're hesitant. We don't go all the way with you at times just because of that. Help us to put aside the fear of rejection. And may we just fall on your love and do what you want us to do. And everybody said, in Christ's name, amen. God bless you, we love you. Y'all have... We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you is our prayer.